You are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Thank you. Thank you very much. I feel like a substitute preacher. That's great. I love what Gord said about uncomfortability because I've had a whole week of uncomfortability, so I must be moving in God's direction. I just want to uh, thank everybody here for their prayers this week. My appendix decided to stage a coup in my body, and I have a policy that if I don't need a certain organ and it stages a coup, that I will have it promptly removed. You might have a similar policy. Um, Yeah, and my wife, my beautiful wife over there, Melanie, she's been super helpful with the kids. We've had people uh, like uh, um, Deanne uh, Bozovert and her family making a supper. And it's so great to be part of a community and to really be plugged into people that have Christ inside of them. So before we begin today, I'd like to pray. Father God, we give thanks for the blessings in our lives. We lift up Pastor Lance and the entire Steve's family and ask as they partake in the sabbatical that you continue to bless them, lead them, and prepare them for coming back to us. We believe in your word. It says in 2 Timothy, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So with that, I give you my body, my mind, my tongue for my message today, and that my words, thoughts, and prayers be yours alone. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So when Lance asked me if I'd be interested in sharing with you today, I was excited. After all, I'm an evangelist, and I never back down from a challenge, as we all noticed from my amazing and impeccable dance skills from the Gangnam Style video. The challenge was, is what was I going to share with you? Is there something that I had? Uh, Some of you probably know I run the men's ministry here on base. Uh, Last month, we talked about the fallacy of adolescence, and it really uh, discussed about how um, we're really losing boys becoming men. They're staying in this adolescent phase. So I had all that material, and I thought that would be easy. But something in my heart was telling me to share something different with you today. I have a running partner. I love running outside. You guys might see me. I'll have my hands raised. Like, that's right. And, uh, and he said, well, have you prayed about it? And I said, no. And he said, why don't you pray about it? And he says, and as I prayed about it, I found out the Lord said, why don't you talk about your experiences that you've had with me? And so that's what I'm, I'm really going to be talking about a little bit about today is some of that. How many of you here, hands, believe in the power of testimony? Everybody's hands should be raised. Get them up. <laughs> right? It's powerful, right? I think there's something special in the words and actions and emotions that we get from testimony. But I think today, in today's world, we have a love-hate relationship with story. Not only that, but I think the art of story is being lost in today's digital world. We're too busy to talk to people. Texting has become the norm. We don't even talk in full sentences anymore. OMG, LOL, JK. Though we can find many testimonies, like I said, I think there's something special in the testimony that comes from our heart. I think we also forget that God loves story. I mean, he wrote the greatest book in human history. Part adventure and part greatest love story ever told. 
Jesus also loved to tell people stories to captivate his audience, to teach them in a way that was easy for them to understand. In Hebrews, it says, fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And I think we all believe in the power of story, especially when it comes to our own personal stories, the stories that we have in our lives, and even more so when it relates to how God is working it. It says in Acts 4.33, and with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. So as they gave their story, grace was upon them. How awesome is that? So what I'm going to be speaking about today is you, is your adventure with God. Now, some people might be thinking, I don't like adventure. It's too dangerous. I don't want any part of it. Now, whether you're Tony Stark and you're trying to get on your, your Iron Man suit or you're Batman and you're furiously trying to fight Bane or you're that soldier, that, that romantic that's fighting to get back to the girl of his dreams, I think we can all believe that our culture has a passion for story and for adventure. But when we look at adventure, we need to ask three things. First, who are we? Were we built for adventure? Second, what does adventure look like? And third, what's its cost? So the first thing we're going to look at is identity. I'm sorry, I don't have PowerPoint. I don't have an Apple at home, so don't judge me. But uh, so I'm hoping my animation will be good enough for you. So identity, who are we? I think in our Christian lives, the foundation of everything really needs to first be who, who, who are we, right? And I think some of you here today know who you are. And I think some of you here today forgot who you are. And I think some of you here today don't know who you are. And I'm here to remind you of who you were and who you are and you, who you can become. Who, so who are we? We're adopted children of God. And he loves us. He loves us in all of our flaws. We are his messed up kids that like to stay out late and smoke behind the monkey bars. That's who we are. But he loves us. Right? He does. Now, I just got out of the hospital. And while I was there, I, um, of course, we got the television. And I'm scrolling through the channels. Please don't take offense. You can choose not to take offense. Don't take offense to this animation. But uh, I'm scrolling through the channels. And what do I come across? Maury Povich, this train wreck, right? He's got a... He's on 16 times a day, right? I don't watch daytime television. I don't like soaps, but I'm in the hospital. I got nothing to do. I'm flipping by. And what is he doing? Paternity testing. That's what he does. It's his big thing now, right? And so he's got this poor, poor girl with him, and she doesn't know who the father of her daddy is. So they always put the picture of the baby up. And she's always like, Maury, look at his nose. Look at his nose, Maury. I'm telling you, Billy, Billy's the father. And he's like, okay. So they bring out Billy. And what does the whole audience do? Boo. This guy could be curing cancer. And he comes up, boo, right? And he goes, uh, and he says, Maury, I'm not the father. Mm -mm, it's not me. That's not my nose. He's like, I have nothing to do. He's like, well, if you are the father, Billy, what will you do? He's like, oh, I'll do the right thing. I just got a promotion at Arby's, and I take care of my five other kids, and I'm going to do what's right. And so everybody's like, yes, Billy's redeemed himself. So Maury's got the envelope, and he opens it, and he says, Billy, you are not the father. And what does the girl do? Oh my gosh, she runs to Mar. No! Right? And Billy does what I call the I'm not the baby dance, right? He's like, oh, he starts break dancing, doing crisscross from 1992, right? 
And then Maury goes, there, there, we'll find the dad. Number 82 from the basketball team. Number 82, bring him out. I want to tell you, you are not an accident from a basketball team member. You were chosen in all of your flaws. And maybe you had a dad like Billy, right? And, and I caution you, never judge your father, your eternal father, based on your, uh, your earthly father. I'm going to say that again. Never judge your heavenly father based on your earthly father. Judge your earthly father based on your heavenly father. It says in John, all who believe are adopted children of God. It says in Romans 8.14, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's Spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. In Galatians it says, But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us, who were slaves to the law, so that we could adopt us, he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God sent the spirit of his son into the hearts, prompting us to call out Abba Father. And lastly, 1 John 3.1 says, See how much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. Dear friends, we are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. Remember, you are an adopted child. You were bought at a cost. I'm going to say something here you might not agree with. At the end, my prayer is going to be that you really go to it in prayer what I said today. Because I don't want you just to take what I say and say, oh, I'm sure it's true. Really test it. But I'm going to say something. Did you know that God loves you more than he loved Jesus? He had to. He sacrificed his son for you. And I'm here to remind you of that. So we're not only God's children, but we are, this is going to get dramatic, we're princes and princesses. We're heirs to a throne, to the kingdom of God. I know some people might be saying, Ray, that's dramatic. Princes and princesses, come on. But so is sending your son to die on a cross. How dramatic is that? Next, we look at adventure. Life is about something so much greater than myself. My life is about following Jesus, following his greatest commands. For he tells us, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. It is also about the Great Commission, telling others about Jesus and sharing the love of Christ with them. It says in Proverbs, in his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. Christ was adventurous. He took risks. So my ultimate goal, if my ultimate goal is to be more like Christ, then I must be spontaneous. I must take risks. How boring would it be to live a risk-free life? I'm starting to realize that I don't want a life of security and lack adventure. Following Jesus is risky business. He doesn't guarantee security or even happiness. He doesn't guarantee that things will turn out the way that we'd hoped for. But he guarantees freedom love, and hope. And he definitely guarantees adventure. If I want to follow Jesus, I must throw out my old agenda. I must dare to risk 
dare to dream, dare to fail. Above all, I must dare to passionately and furiously follow Lord Jesus. It's funny that uh, we're talking about my kind of community. The Lord's really been putting on my heart cool stuff to do in our community. I feel like a ninja. I don't have little smoke pellets yet, but they're coming. And so my girls and I, we went to the, uh, we've done a couple things, but it says never let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. And and I'll I'll forfeit my treasure in heaven for this story. Um, (laughs) We we got a whole bunch of cards and went to the car wash and we snuck to all the little car wash receptacles and we put the card with a whole bunch of loonies on top. So when people came, like, my car wash is paid for. How cool is that? It's pretty neat. And I could see my kids enjoy it and they really like it. But it's adventurous, right? It's fun. So how... Let me find out where I'm here. So how do we go on these adventures with Jesus? Well, I think the most important thing is prayer. The more I communicate with my wife, the more I communicate with my beautiful girls, the more I communicate with my friends, the more I can understand them, the more I love them. Communication's built. God is no different, which is why prayer is so important. Because, because I may not have known God, his word, or spent time with him, in quick moments throughout my day, I might not be able to take advantage of the adventures that he has planned. I think with the lost art of story, we're also losing the art of quietness. I know that's probably funny coming from me because I'm not a very quiet person. But I, I don't think that we are quiet enough. Um, I was fortunate this week to be in the hospital where there was plenty of time where I didn't watch television. I was in this beautiful white room and the sun was coming in and this was coming up and the Lord really poured into me and it was quiet. Uh, Nikki Gumbel from Alpha gives a great analogy of prayer and not only quietness but listening. He gives the analogy of a doctor at a doctor's office and a man comes to see the doctor and the doctor says to the man, what seems to be the problem? And he's like, oh, man, my appendix is hurting and my back is hurting and I can't see it in my right eye and my left ear has this ringing to it and I have arthritis in my knees, my wrist. I haven't been able to really play tennis for a while, but thanks for listening. And then he left. And how many of us pray like that? Where we go to God in our time of need and we lay it out there and then we walk out the door. And we never stop to listen to what he wants to tell us. So we pray and it's important that we listen. And we remember that it's God's mission and not ours. Now I have many adventure stories. Uh, If you ever want a great one, just come and stop me. Uh, it was hard to choose just one. Uh, but I think this story here that I'm going I'm to tell you really quickly uh, really showcases kind of everything about adventure and, you know, uncomfortability. And so I started at uh, a new unit on base uh, four years ago. And uh, no one knew me in the new unit except for the commanding officer and a few people. The commanding officer is a Christian man, and he knew me, that I was aspiring to be a chaplain. And a member in our unit tried to kill himself taking pills. And when that happens, the unit needs to send somebody to the hospital to be with him, to fall into the bathroom, make sure that he doesn't hurt himself. And so as the the higher-ups in my unit gathered, they said, who are we going to send? And the CO said, I want want you to send Ray Cowell. And I said, well, who's Ray Cowell? Like, he's not even on our nominal role. He says, just phone him at home, send him. So I get a call from the chief warrant officer saying, and I used to get in trouble a lot. So I'm like, oh, what do I do now, Right. So I get in this office, they, they explain it to me that this man was on, uh, his wife was on deployment, and uh, 
committed adultery. And I have a similar testimony about that. And he said, can you go be with him? And I said, yeah, absolutely. So I went to the 7-Eleven, got some magazines and stuff, and went there. And, and for three hours, all I did was listen to this man. And he poured out his heart. And he wanted his wife back. And so for three hours, I just sat there. And sometimes that's all you can do is really just be there for someone. And then he says, what do you think? And so I shared with him my testimony, how my ex-wife had gone away and deployment, met somebody, how I took her back. She was with child, with someone else's baby. And I took her back. And, and, he, and I said, but I think the most important thing you need to do is get right with God. And I said, and I believe in a God that wants to renew marriages. And uh, he said, I said, I think we need to pray. And he said, I've, I've never prayed before. I said, that's okay. So he got on one side of the bed and I got on the other side of the bed and we held hands and the Holy Spirit poured in there and we prayed. And when we were finished, there's two privates at the door and they're crying and I'm crying and he's crying. And it was just this amazing moment. And we parted ways. I, I don't know how it went, but a year later, a year, how, how many people here know how crazy patient God is? He's crazy patient. I don't like it sometimes. But he's like, because I'm not a patient person, he's like so patient. So a year later, my wife goes, hey, what should we do for Easter? That's a woman said to me, don't judge me. <laughs> and I said, oh, I want to go see my dad again. He's a minister for the Lord out in Winnipeg. We went the year prior. It was amazing. And she goes, no, you got to go see your dad last year. I want to go see your, my sister in Calgary. I said, oh, fair. That's fine. That's fair. And my wife gets mad, if you admit it, because the Lord answers my prayers. And I said, Lord, I want to see my dad this spring. So I'm at the, the, the gym on base, and I'm running. And that's how I run. And uh, this Georgia walks by, and she goes, hey, I see you running here all the time. I said, yeah, trying to get fit, you know. And she goes, you should do the Air Force run. I said, oh, I can't represent anybody. Look at me, right? And she goes, no, no, you can. It's a free trip to Winnipeg. I said, oh, a free trip to Winnipeg, you say. Tell me more. And she says, uh, yeah, you get to go. You get to do the Air Force run. I was like, sign me up. I'll do it. What's the bare minimum? She goes, what's that? I said, what's, what's the bare minimum I need to do to partake in this? She goes, well, there's a, there's a walk. I was like, oh, sign me up for that. She goes, well, that's a pretty poor attitude. She, she says, what are you running now? I said, well, I'm running 10 kilometers. She goes, then you run 10K. I said, all right, that's fine. So we get on the bus, and I brought some funny road trip movies like Due Date and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles and so forth. And I'm at the back of the bus, and there's no disco ball, but there's a party. And we're having fun, right? And by the time we hit Saskatoon, everybody's laughing and joking around. Everything's great. And there's this girl, Jen, there, and she's like, you're so much, you're so much fun. I'm like, I am fun. <laughs> and we start talking, and all, this, all the food we're going to eat more in Winnipeg. And then, she go, and then the, the conversation gets serious. We start talking about relationships, right? And she goes, yeah, I'm going through a divorce right now. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's tough. I've been there, yeah? She goes, yeah, I'd, I just don't know if I want to go through with it. It's like, yeah, you know, these things happen, right? And, and she goes, yeah, she goes, my husband, he works, works at, and named the unit I work at. I was like, oh, wow. She goes, yeah, a year ago, he, he tried to kill himself. I made some mistakes. And it was then that I was like, this wasn't about going to see my dad. This is about using this opportunity right now to minister to this person the exact same way a year prior administered to him to really pour into her heart. And I said, Jen, i got to stop you right now. I said, I was there the night your husband tried to kill himself. And it got quiet on that bus. The disco ball fell from the ceiling. 
And everybody's like, whoa. And I said, I'm going to tell you the same thing I told him. That God loves you. And God wants to renew your marriage. Now, we all know Christian testimonies and stories. They don't all have happy endings, right? We live in a world that's fallen. I don't know if they're together. But I do know that I took an opportunity that the Lord wanted me to. I stepped into that place of adventure. And it was hard sometimes, right? Because you're like, man, like what, what are people's reactions going to be? I think a lot of people, when they introduce themselves, they tell you what they do. Like if you're a doctor or a minister, it's really become attached to who you are. They've become grafted into us more so than the fact that we are actually God's children and here for his purpose. We've forgotten that while we are here on earth, we are not employed, but we are deployed. Imagine if every time you met someone, you're like, hey, Ray Cowell. You're like, hey, what do you do? Oh, I'm a passionate follower of Jesus Christ, PhD, <laughs> Magnum Come Loud, CD. Been doing it for 12 years. But remember, while you're here, it's a short time in comparison to eternity. You're not employed, you're deployed. I'm in the military. And when the military goes on deployment, whether it's some foreign land or domestically, there are standard operating procedures, SOPs to follow, kit to pack, equipment to ship, and so forth. The point is, is we're prepared. We like to think we're prepared, but we are prepared. You have your training, your equipment, your friends, your support. Your adventure with God is no different. He has the power to transform, equip, and support you the entire way. And most important, unlike the military, he never fails. You're deployed, and you're deployed for God's mission while you're here. So why do it? What is the point? I want to close on a somewhat scary image. Deployment, adventure, these things sometimes mean discomfort, suffering, and casualties. With that last question, why do it? Why be adventurous? I want to ask you this question. Where is the most, where's the richest place in Cold Lake? Some people say, it's church, A+. Plus. I took Sunday school. It's not the church. Bank? No. Not literal. The richest place in any city or town is the cemetery. Because buried in it are bodies full of God's potential that they didn't know God. They didn't know the potential that he had for their lives. And it's buried there. When you pass, do you want to be used up or do you want to be full of potential? I know me, I want to be used up. I want to gather people for eternity. I want to build up my treasure in heaven. You guys can come over. It'd be great if I can get the worship team to come up. says in Romans 12.1, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. In Galatians, it says, I've been crucified with Christ. 
and no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Philippians 1.21, it says, For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So I hope you enjoyed the message that the Holy Spirit put in my heart. And again, I only ask that you pray about it. Do not take what I've said or how I've said it until you've tested it. Pray about it and ask God how you can become more adventurous for him and for the kingdom of God. Let us end in prayer today. Father, we give thanks for your word. We give thanks for your adoption of us as your children. And ask that you remind us daily of who we are. We ask that your Holy Spirit impart through us the will of our Heavenly Father. That we may not be idle in our daily walk, but be passionate and furious in our pursuit for the things that you wish us to do. We ask that our prayers, thoughts, words, and actions align daily with your will. So we may be heroes deployed in this fallen world. Impart in our own personal and daily adventures with you and eventually share in all of your glory. Amen. If you don't know Jesus, if you haven't been on his adventure yet, I encourage you to see Pastor Hayward or any person that you really feel comfortable with that knows God. And I really impart on you and I, that you, you make those testimonies for my kind community. That you pray to God and you listen to him and that he'll lead you every day into just these little adventures with people and hopes that you all will be used up. Thank you. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Holy Community Church, a place where families come together.